Guy's Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. All right, welcome to Guy's Guy's Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins Guy's Guy's Radio. We're here to inform you, to inspire you, empower you, get you to think, feel, and hopefully act. Look over the fence in your backyard and see what else is going on out there because this is a time where we have to expand our horizons. We have to look past the information that's being sent our way. We have to look inside. We have to look externally. We have to consider lots of different possibilities and solutions because we're living in crazy times now. At Guys Guys Radio, we're here to help. We're bringing guests here that have interesting stories and journeys and tales to tell and also a lot of truths about how the universe works and how we can do our part and contribute to making the world a better place. And we've got a perfect guest for that today. His name is Dr. Irvin Laszlo. He is an amazing guy. He's probably one of the top 10 most intelligent people on the planet right now. He's a two-time Nobel Prize nominee. He's written over 100 books. He was a child prodigy for classical music no training. He got a PhD for this, from the Sorbonne, never went to college. He's written, again, over 100 books, and they've been translated into 24 languages. And his latest book is called Global Shift Now, A Call to Evolution. It's really about what's going on now on our planet and how, although this is a terrible time in many ways, it also provides an opportunity for people around the world to come together and make a shift because the the current setup that we have is not working very well. Um, basically, there's a finite amount of resources uh, that's being depleted. And also from a monetary standpoint, there is a bifurcation happening where there's fewer and fewer people controlling more and more of the dollars and it's creating a, a larger generation and future generations of poor people. So if this just keeps going, things keep going the way they are. And listen, I'm a capitalist. I've made money. I don't have no problem with money. I had a long career in marketing and advertising. I, I, I get that. But the system itself doesn't seem to be working very well when you extrapolate it towards the future. Because ultimately, if you think about it, you say, wow. Is Amazon going to own everything in 10 years <laughs> between Amazon, Google, and Apple? Wow, those are big, big companies. And you know what's interesting, though? None of those companies were around like 40 years ago, and they're probably the three biggest companies in the world. So it, it, it is amazing. So things can change. So there is hope there, and I think Dr. Laszlo can help us out a lot with his insights from all of his experiences. And we're going to talk about lots of different topics but mostly about how this uh, COVID uh, emergency that we have can, uh, can provide some opportunities for the world to come together and make a positive change. And the change always starts within. And then one person changes and affects everything because as Dr. Laszlo will explain to us, we're all connected as part of a bigger system. You know, we have our individual systems and our systems are connected to a bigger system. And so that, that means anything we do, every thought we have, every feeling we have affects everything else. So the world continues to change every microsecond uh, based on a lot of how we are, how each individual is. So if you can be mindful of how you think, how you act, how you treat others, 
of your consciousness, you can make the world a better place. We all can. So something to, to really keep in mind every single day, remind ourselves of that. So Guys Guys Radio, I've been out here in Southern California for about a year now, and uh, it's been an interesting year, to say the least. Uh, my friends uh, in New York say, wow, you got out just in time because of the COVID and the real estate prices and uh, everything else has been going on there because they've got budgetary problems. If you look in the city, you know, they have, it's already tough to, you know, there's a lot of garbage out flowing out of the cans on the streets. And now they have cutbacks in budgets there. They have cutbacks in the police budgets. They have cutbacks in the MTA. And then you've got to, you know, maybe raise the price of uh, riding the subway and they still haven't gotten to fixing all those signals. And it's been a situation in many ways with the infrastructure of New York City, in my opinion, that they've been kicking the can down the road for until a day of reckoning. And that day and time of reckoning is here now, and they're going to have to fix it, or they're going to have problems that are going to be that will last a decade, not just a year or so. We'll get past the COVID, but there's uh, all the businesses that are connected to the economy there. Uh, and there's, there's a lot of big buildings there. And, and actually, one of the biggest buildings in Manhattan just got finished. It's right next to uh, Grand Central Station. And they've got a tenant. I think TD Bank is going in there. But it's like, wow, there's a lot of empty spaces there. And these corporations are realizing, hey, we can have people work from home. Maybe we don't have to rent out these expensive office spaces as much. And I think the second shoe is going to drop on the economy uh, when things don't really turn around as quickly as people may expect them to. And I don't think we're out of the woods, even if the COVID kind of peters out and goes away over time. It hasn't, of course, yet, but it's not going to stay around forever. But even so, it's going to take a while for a lot of these economies to, to get back up, up, up and running again the way they can and were running. And particularly in a city like New York City, it's going to be really tough there because you pay a premium to live there. A lot of the stuff has been shut down and a lot of these businesses are going away and aren't going to come back. Um, so it's going, to be, it's going to take a little longer there. But if anything, New Yorkers are resilient and they always seem to find a way. There's so much talent, brain power there that uh, they'll, they'll get through it. It's just going to take longer than I think some people expect it to. Here in Southern California, we're experiencing these wildfires, which I didn't really know too much about, but it's been smoky here downtown San Diego for like a week now, and that's from the fires. And uh, thankfully, that's the only problem uh, because so much of uh, so many acres have been burned in California. It's just absolutely horrible. And uh, the irony as I move out here with my family and we get here and I read about everybody leaving California <laughs> so because it's so expensive. Now, it is expensive and you've got that sales tax on top of everything else, but it is not, it is not as expensive as Manhattan. I can say that uh, from the bottom of my heart to you, it is not as expensive as Manhattan. Manhattan is really expensive, as is uh, San Francisco. But the, I think one of the challenges here in Manhattan, the real estate prices are going down and there's a lot of apartments available. But here in Southern California, people haven't started, they haven't had to sell their homes yet based on the uh, economic turbulence from the COVID. Um, and there's very little inventory if you want to buy a house here. And so now they're coming up with ways, well, how can they continue to develop the area without, you know, making it unlivable? So I think they're going to be building up uh, 
I think downtown San Diego is going to get built up over time. It reminds me of different sections of Manhattan. And uh, it took some time, but eventually things start to happen. And I'm, I'm here now, and I can see the possibilities because it is a pretty cool city. Uh, so anyhow, we're enjoying San Diego. I love the farmer's markets. I think the produce here is fantastic. You can get organic and vegan versions of everything if you go out to eat. Uh, the food isn't as exotic as it is back east, uh, and it's not as varied, but it's very good. You get good fish. You get good Mexican food. Some of the uh, ethnic foods are not as easy to find, Chinese places, Indian, and all other kinds of stuff. It's not, not as frequent. But uh, overall, the quality of the food and the portion size and all is good. And uh, the dining experience is nice because so many places you can either be outside or inside with big open windows. And uh, so it's nice. And I love uh, the fact that I can just get out uh, on my bike with my son. We ride around everywhere, and we're always discovering someplace new. So for me, it's been fun, and uh, we look forward to seeing what happens here. Not necessarily going to be here forever, but for right now, it seems pretty good. And it's a nice break after being in New York City for a number of decades. Uh, fortunately, when I was there, I had a place down the Jersey Shore and family down the Jersey Shore in a little town called Ocean Grove, which is right next to Asbury Park. You might know Asbury Park from, you know, the Springsteen songs. And it's, uh, it's a, it was a little city that kind of went away and... They tried to bring it back and bring it back and bring it back, and finally it's gotten over the hump now. We'll see how those businesses hold up after the COVID, but I think it's, I think it's on its way. And Ocean Grove is a little kind of Victorian hamlet and uh, very nice also. So I had the best of both worlds. I was super lucky there. I had the city, and I had a place down the Jersey Shore. And uh, here, we're just here, hunkered down in Southern California, and we'll see what happens. But that's the way we roll. So I'm having a good time, and uh, I know we're all going to get through this if we work together and if we're considerate to one another. So we've got to respect ourselves. We've got to respect other people. There's going to be differences of opinion. People are, going to, people are easily triggered right now. We've got to get through this election. Hopefully there's a clear winner one way or the other, and we can move forward. But uh, just remember, we're all Americans. Be kind to each other, be mindful, and try not to get triggered. It can happen. So Guys Guys Radio, our special guest is Irvin Laszlo, amazing Dr. Irvin Laszlo, and we're going to get to it right now. It's Guys Guy Radio. Special guest, his introduction is... His page is long, so I'll just give you a kind of a top line. Irvin Laszlo, the systems philosopher, integral theorist, concert pianist, pianist. He's just amazing. He was a child prodigy in Budapest and uh, was doing public appearances at the age of nine. He won the grand prize at the Geneva International Music Competition. He came then to the U.S., became, uh, before his, uh, became a citizen before his 21st birthday after escaping the Iron Curtain. He, he got a Ph.D. and never even went to college, which is amazing, at the Sorbonne. And uh, he has been working on models for future world order and running global projects at the U.N. Institute for Training and Research. He also uh, discovered uh, the Akashic field, which is a little bit different than the Akashic records, but we're going to get into that. He's written more than 100 books. There's an autobiography about him called Simply Genius and Other Tales from My Life. Gaia has produced a wonderful special about him. And we're going to talk today about um, 
COVID-19 and also his latest book. It's a brief book, but it's power packed with information. It's called Global Shift Now, A Call to Evolution. And it's my honor to uh, also, uh, Dr. Laszlo has been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize twice. So to my honor, my honor to have him on the show. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio, Dr. Irvin Laszlo. Well, so nice to be here, Robert. It's my pleasure. I look forward to our talk. Great. So your book now is uh, a lot of it comes out of what's going on with this pandemic now, because um, I've always said that chaos creates opportunity. And I try to look for the silver lining as uh, along with everything that's going on right now, not minimizing all the suffering that's happening, but just look for opportunities there, because it seems like when big things happen, uh, it, there's changes. Your book, Global Shift Now, is about exactly that. So let's start at the beginning. Why is this pandemic different than other pandemics? For instance, did the same things happen after 1918? Are we in a very special place right now where the, the pandemic is happening at a specific time in our evolution where things are set up in a way where we're set up for a big global shift? Well, it's different only in its historic position or it's, let's say, socio-ecological position. We are in the midst of a crisis, of a virus crisis, a health crisis, but we are at the, on the threshold of a whole series of other crises, which could be equally serious, if not, if not even more so. So it's, the crisis is the same in respect that it is a threat to human life everywhere on the planet. Is everybody is involved. So it's a pandemic, not just an epidemic. And it's, it's uniform where we are all now in the same boat in regard to the possibility of infection. We all have to be doing our best not to be exposed. Where, where do you think this came from? I don't think anybody knows. But what I suspect is that... The, there are two, two possible reasons, I mean, there maybe even more about two I can think of. One is that there is so much experimentation in doing on a biochemical level that mm -hmm. some of it could possibly uh, create a, a, a malignant microorganism. We know that there are many microorganisms that are not favorable to human kind of life. And this could be a particularly, you know, it seems to be a particularly malignant in as much, at least, as it is very infectious. So that's one possibility. The other possibility is that we have simply are, are manipulating our environment to such an extent that some, sooner or later something is produced in that environment that was not meant to be, that was not intended to be. To use the Pentagon language, it's a collateral damage. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah, so it, I, I think it's if you would be living a leading a more natural life, I think it's less likelihood that we would be getting such a malignant microorganism. Now, you mentioned in your book the, uh, and it was just absolutely brilliant. So thank you for sharing this book with us. And the name of it, once again, for our audience is Global Shift Now A Call to Evolution. Irvin Laszlo, you, you say that our what's happening is our the model that we live in now with this uber capitalism um, that the, the, there's being fewer rich people, more and more poor people, global resources are finite and we're using them up. So we're heading in a very bad direction. Is, is that accurate somewhat? 
And that is why I say this opportunity is not just any kind of opportunity, mm-hmm. but I say it's a golden opportunity because it comes in the nick of time. We are not in a situation where we can simply exclude one particular danger and then happily sail forward with, as we have done it before. And we, are, we are facing a whole series of global threats. And it's, it, we, we need to wake up and we need to change. And if there comes a threat where we can hopefully sooner or later we know how to handle it, but it teaches us a lesson, a lesson that we are all in the same boat and a lesson that we have got to act in a more conscious and natural and healthy way, healthy for us, healthy for the planet. I think if we can learn this lesson in time, then this, this pandemic was a blessing in disguise. For the time being, it's far from being a blessing. A blessing. Right. But when it, blow, when it blows over, and sooner or later, we all hope that it will, then it will turn out to be, in retrospect, a blessing in disguise. Now, a lot of your teachings have to do with calling it this kind of systemic uh, uh, system, if you will, where you don't look at things uh, individually, you look at it in a larger context. I know I'm, I'm putting it in very layman's terms. For our listeners and for myself also, could you explain that, what, what actually that is? Well, it's in philosophy and uh, even in science, it's called holism. And I would say is the priority of the whole when it comes to maintaining life and complexity and coherence. Let me just use this term coherence, which I think is very important. In the everyday language, you talk about harmony or fine-tuning or or coordination. In science, one can talk about coherence, because a coherence means that there is a system, which is a a cluster of, of diverse various elements, living or staying and functioning together. And such a coherent system has to be so finely tuned that all elements interact with all others and respond to all others, so they together can maintain the system. As you know, uh, I'm I'm talking about the basic principle of holism. Mm -hmm. As as you know, uh, life and complex systems are physically not likely, not probable. The probable state is going down to what is known as entropy or the or the inert dead state. Things, if you are not held further apart from that that inert equilibrium state, then they go back that way. And as we know, if for example, if the life principle, the life force or life energy, the vitality of a system is is damaged and is is eliminated, averted. By, by sickness or by accident or a crime or whatever, then the system dies and goes back to that equilibrium state. And that's what we call death. So to keep the system far from that state in, the, in a dynamic way, it has to cooperate. All its elements have to cooperate together. The system has to be internally coherent but also externally coherent. In other words, not only all its parts have to work together to maintain the system, the system as a whole has to be well coordinated with these other systems around it, which can be other human systems, other living systems, or biochemical systems, or socio-ecological systems. So we have to be multiply coherent, or actually super coherent. A healthy organism is super coherent, and that 
calls for some doing. And right now, our coherence is damaged, has been damaged, and therefore our immune, immune system is also not operating at its maximum. And it could be that even a number of times, possibly, alternatives, evolutions, diverse changes come about in our immediate environment. Then if we are healthy and vital, then we can not be subject to them, then, then we can avert them. When we have a, a deficient, uh, damaged immune system, damaged ability to cope with the world around it, then of course we, we, get, we get infected. Then we have the problem internalized. Then we have to try to cope with it as already being part of us. So there so, it is. You know, we have so, to be coherent and we have to be coherent with the world. So um, I guess each individual has their own system that's part of the larger system. So if that's the case, what can the individuals do to protect themselves and um, to actually be a beacon for positivity in the world? Well, I'm just working on a paper actually about this idea of a new paradigm for politics. Because politics is, I mean, in the general sense, I mean, how it is, how we handle ourselves and our, and our world around us, what systematic way we do, how, how do we do that? And the world is so fragmented, so specialized into different units. It's I or you, I against you, I'm competing with you, and so on. All this break apart of unity means incoherence in the world. And politics furthers, the bad politics, that is very much of a dominant politics today, is further this incoherence, this separation. Saying, I come first, my country comes first, my enterprise comes first. And, and never mind the rest. I mean, what effect it has on the rest? Holism, or the holistic principle, means look at the whole system. Look at it and see how does that affect the part, us in it. We are part of the whole system. So there is a double principle here. A principle is a reverse principle. The good principle is what is good for the whole is bound to the whole for the part, since we are a part of the whole. You know? mm -hmm. So what is good, uh, what is vital for the whole system is feeds back to us. But okay. what is good for the part in the short political term what is politically realistic, let's say, is not necessarily good for the whole, because it could, what in the systemic terms, it could sub-optimize the whole. You know, it doesn't optimize all parts of the whole, but only one part of it. You know, my part, the more powerful part, the part that is, has, has, has more money or, 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 or more, more might of some kind or another, and, and, and the rest is, is, can, can suffer. So in the long term, of course, I would add, what is good for the part is bound to be good for the whole, but that's in the long term when all things have been taken into account. In the short term, we can do, we can play havoc with the whole because we are just looking at that one part. So holism, the holistic principle is look for the, what is beneficial for the whole before you decide how to act to maximize the part. Okay, my guest on Guys Guys Radio is Dr. Irvin Laszlo basically one of the smartest people in the world. So thank you for being here. Um, so in your book, uh, in terms of the opportunity and the shift, you talk about kind of regions different, the world working together in regions uh, as a whole, 
um, some people might say, oh, is that the new world order? You know, we shouldn't have all these countries working together. They should be separate. How would you respond to that? Well, we are together. We are inserted into a common system, a shared system. It's the system of life. We call it the biosphere. So that is given. That is, we, we can't separate ourselves. According to the new quantum sciences, just to add this as a footnote, they're also inserted in the universe because the entire universe is, acts like a hologram in a way that all its elements are, are shared in all its, all its parts. So this is the new quantum concept. It just supports and, and, and sub, uh, substantiates the concept of the local paradigm, which is the political paradigm and social paradigm. So basically what I'm saying is before you decide what is good for us to do, what should we try to aim for, look for what is good for the whole system of which you are a part. Now that whole system, of course, is the system of life on Earth. That's the whole list, mm -hmm. <laughs> the whole system right. there could be. Within that, there is also the human system. But the human system is part of the, of the system of life. And nations and states and enterprises and ethnic groups are all part of the human system. So we go up and we say whatever is good for an individual is bound to be that, what is good for the whole system. Then it's a question of distributing the benefits, obviously. So the whole system has to be equitable in the sense that its benefits are accessible to all people. But you can't have a well-functioning system as long as you only optimize the part. You have to look at the whole system. And that is a very, very different from contemporary political ideas where it says, okay, I just do mine first. I come first. And exactly. It doesn't matter much. And you mentioned in the book the shifts from competition to reconciliation, from greed and scarcity to sufficiency and caring, from focusing on the outer to inner authority, separation to wholeness, mechanistic to living systems, organizational fragmentation to coherent integration. What are some of the steps? It's like in, in the world we are living in right now, everything is so separatist. How do we get these countries and these leaders and people to start to see that we're all connected through our humanity and we need to start working together because we have a system that doesn't work where we have, we're going to be, keep growing poor people basically. And we have uh, finite uh, resources that are running out. What can we do? Well, you're talking about the need for consciousness change. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's not a question of trying to patch it up by having a solution for this problem or for that problem. Of course, it's sometimes patchwork solutions are very important. Climate change, for example, if we could manage to do something about it, we wouldn't have these terrific wildfires in California. But uh, it's, these are only aspects, solutions to particular aspects. The rest is still there. So always the question is, ask yourself, what I'm trying to do, how does that affect the entire system of which we are a part? To, if, even if you just keep that in mind, you know, you're already the, the actions you undertake will be more informed, more responsible. Because the presupposition behind this self-serving, 
egoistic politics and social priorities and, and business priorities. It's always that we are not so connected. We can jolly well pursue our own aims and the rest will somehow follow. If you go a little bit deeper into this argument, then people will say you want to maintain this system. The same, but there is the invisible hand. Adam Smith called this invisible hand, the market. The market will distribute benefits. Of course, sure, it does, but it has to have a level playing field. Everybody, everything has to be well in its place. As long as it's, the market is full of bias, bias conferred by, uh, conferred by, by money, by power, and by all kinds of influences, then you can't expect the market to work equitably. The market will then serve the, the more powerful. And that's what's happening. Exactly. You know, some people suggest like a flat tax. And the, 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 if you do a flat tax now, it doesn't really solve the problem because the level, the playing field is what didn't begin in a level place. So you can't just shift one. You can't just change one thing and expect it all to even out, I guess. Um, you talk about also an Akashic field that's outside of kind of the earth. Could you explain that to us and how, because the reason I ask that is you have mentioned that you tap into this field to get a lot of the information and a lot of the thinking and a lot of the creativity. I mean, you were a kid and you just learned how to play the piano and by nine years old, you were playing in front of, you know, a lot of people uh, at a very high level. What is the Akashic field? How does it differ than the Akashic records? And when you, t how do you tap into that? And when you tap into that, are you tapping into the past, the present, the future, or basically the infinite? A kind of a cosmic internet, yes. I say that the, the Akashic field is how the universe appears to us. We live in the universe, and for us, the rest of the universe is an Akashic field, of which we are a part. Now, the characteristics of this universe, and therefore of the Akashic field, are, can be very plain, can be identified. One characteristic is that it's interconnection. Everything is connected. Now, this is an old spiritual notion, a religious notion also. Uh, but today, in the new quantum sciences, it comes to the fore. Everything in some way is connected to other things. And if everything originated, if some things originated in the same state, like in a quantum of Earth, originated in the same state, then it becomes very clearly and evidently interconnected across space and across time. And that's hard science today. That's not just metaphysics. So one of the characteristics is this interconnection. Another characteristic of, the, of this Akashic field, of the universe as an Akashic field, is memory. Nothing quite disappears. Information, and um, I, want, I, want, I mean by information, something much more than just something we produce when we, when we talk or we write. Information is an element in the real world. It exists in the world. The world runs in information, and not just humanly produced information. It's cosmic information. Think of it if that information wouldn't be in the world, the world would be a heap of, of separate random particles, mm -hmm. a, kind of a mass of inert gases. The fact that the world is, is coherent, and Einstein said the most fabulous, the most miraculous aspect of the world is that it's so coherent. So that there is something more coherent, that is something that is non-random. And that is a, a, a result of a factor in the universe that well, 
spirituality and religion has investigated and thought about for thousands of years. But in science, we need to recognize, and great scientists are recognizing it always more and more. There is something like a higher intelligence in the world, something that governs, not necessarily as a human uh, intelligence and not necessarily as any kind of an intelligence, but there is something which is pulling and pushing and orienting this world and which makes it non-random. Randomness used to be a great myth of the, of the standard sciences, of the physical sciences, until very recently, the standard dogma taught in physics schools, in universities, was the universe is, is a series of random interactions where one interaction is built on the others, but there is nothing governing this series. By chance, it, it produces God produces planets and, and energy flows and bio, biological systems and even, even mind. But it's all basically based on a series of chance interactions. But the problem with this is if you start calculating, which you can nowadays we can do much more in detail than before, what it would take to produce a universe such as ours, it turns out that it is extremely unlikely that chance interactions could have produced it in the time that was available which is the 13.8 billion years since the Big Bang, which is the beginning of the processes which now unfold in the universe, still unfold in the universe. So it's not a random universe, not just purely chance events. And what there is, is something which orients it. I simply use the, uh, the least speculative term for that, which is an attractor. An attractor is a dynamic impulse that appears in complex systems when they are non-random when they tend toward a given state or series of states that can be point attractors or circular attractors or chaotic attractors, but something which is, makes the system non-random. So I think there is a non-randomizing factor in the universe. And I think the religions call it God or call, call it uh, the, the Atma or, or Brahman or Tao or the Great Spirit that there is something other than purely random interactions which is unfolding around us. So, uh, Dr. Laszlo, how can, how can people tap into that? Because you've mentioned that you've tapped into that for creativity, and I think it's through meditation, but how can our listeners out there, if they want to tap into this, this uh, infinite amount of information there to help them with their day-to-day -day lives, to help them uh, better society and culture, to help them create whatever their passion may be. Um, how can people do this? What are some of the simple steps people can take to start to work with the Akashic um, system? Well, first of all, you realize that you're not tapping into something outside. It's okay. not an external factor. You're not going into the world and try to sort of catch that. What you're doing is you're mining, exploring your own deeper consciousness. There's more to consciousness than just the physical perceptions. There's a lot more. And now the whole field of or the new field of consciousness studies is recognizing that, that, that all these elements are, are in consciousness, are, are a part of our consciousness. So I think in us, this divine spark, want of a better word, or this, uh, uh, this attractor, is given. It's coding us. It's coding every quantum in every cell of our body, just as it codes everything around us. 
because they were all part of a non-random, evolutionarily oriented and orienting universe. So we go into our, onto ourselves. And that's nothing really very different from what religions and mysticism and spirituality, and particularly the Eastern philosophies, have been saying for thousands of years. You know, allow this information that is in you <coughs> to come to your consciousness. These they come in forms of intuitions, of hunches, of ideas that appear, messages that come. <clears throat> as long as you help, help, allow it to come, help it to come, you must, in a sense, believe that it's possible. If you strictly believe that it's not possible, it won't come. You know nowadays that even in science, if you quite believe that something is not possible, you simply won't find the evidence for it. So it's not that your belief will make it possible, but your belief opens this opens your mind to the possibility. Okay. And that's what you have to do, open. Now, in your book, you also mentioned the role of epigenetics. Um, how does that play into uh, this global shift? Well, we used to think that <clears throat> genetic information is what governs us. So if you need something, if you, if you need to develop a, uh, or to find a new notion or a new behavior, then we have to look to the genes. If you can decode the genetic code of, of the human body, then we decode everything that we know that this goes on in the human body. But it turns out that's not the case. It turns out that the genetic system is like the keys to a piano or to an instrument. It's what's possible to be played. It's what's the melody that's possible. But the composer is not the genetic code. The composer is what nowadays, for want of a better word, is known as the epigenetic code or the epigenetic system. The epigenetic system does one thing, but it does it in a very complex and consistent way. It turns genes on and off. Not every gene is on all the time. It's what, that's what be impossible to behave like that or to, uh, to maintain life like that. So only a few genes are operative. And what genes are operative at any given time will determine very largely what we believe in, what we want, and what we strive for. And so uh, it, it very much determines and guides, orients our behavior. So the epigenetic code has this characteristic of guiding or governing the unfolding or the operation of, of the genetic system. And fortunately, it appears that this epigenetic code is sensitive to our consciousness, to our behavior, to our values, to our aspirations. So if you hold different aspirations, different deep beliefs, the epigenetic code will operate differently. So the, uh, in the, for individuals then, if you, if you think healthy thoughts and you don't fall into the trap of, oh, you know, my father uh, had cancer, so I'm going to have cancer, it, it's, it doesn't work that way necessarily. Is that true so you can think yourself healthy and you can put positive thoughts there and if it's you know we we are creating our lives and our world every second is that true yeah but i'm going back i mean it's not a question arbitrarily saying okay now i want to think healthy thoughts you know okay um, so i'll go back to what i said a moment ago you go back to yourself find it in yourself mm -hmm. if you find the the key to how you can be healthy by intuition, by feeling it, and you believe in that, and you act according to life, according to life, you can realize it. You can you can become healthy. There's countless examples of that. 
is the power of positive thinking, but positive thinking is not simply making up something. Positive thinking is a discovery or a rediscovery of what we truly are, what we ourselves already are. So going back to the source, which is another thing that I, I mentioned these days because I've written a book with the title, the source is who we are. Reconnecting to the source, right? Yes. So what? Go ahead, sir. No, I mean, you're quite right. <clears throat> I think uh, through the epigenetic system, we can consciously influence the way we, our body works, our health even, and our action. And not only our, our biological health, but our social, ecological health, how we relate to other people and to the world around us. That is also very truly, very truly helping us to become healthy. A healthy relations with the world around us make us healthier in us, within us. So if we are individual um, systems as part of a larger system, then it's important that we manage our thoughts and our consciousness uh, in a positive way for ourselves and for mankind because it has an effect because everything we feel and think is going to play a role in the larger system as well as our own personal system so we can collectively and individually change the world. Is that accurate? Directionally? We can absolutely, absolutely. We can now, especially after a, 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 or in the midst of a global crisis and in the aftermath of it, we can change the world because the old system is becoming destabilized to some extent. So there is room for a new. So we can change the world <clears throat> because we are self-governing organisms. We are conscious beings, and our consciousness can be put to use in the sense that it rediscovers the world around us, rediscovers ourselves in the world. And the principle that I'm coming back to, because it's all part of the same package that I'm talking about, that's trying mm -hmm. to make consistent sense, the principle of holism. Think of it. Think if you could embrace it, as mystics sometimes claim that they do, the universe in your, in your purview, in your thinking. Then think of what is a healthy life in this universe. See, how do you live really as part of an evolutionary universe, a non-random universe? Okay, be part of it. And basically religions try to give you an answer, spirituality gives you an answer. And, and this answer is, is, can be formulated in many ways. And today, an answer can be based on quantum physics, on quantum cosmology, which are called the new paradigm, the emerging paradigm in science. Okay, Dr. Irvin Laszlo, Global Shift Now, the new book, A Call to Evolution. His seminal book is reconnecting to the source amongst a uh, hundred others. But um, I know you're pressed for time, doctor, and I thank you for being here on Guys Guys Radio. What is What do you think is going to happen now when, when, when we have this opportunity for this global shift? Do you think we'll be able to do it? Well, I'm not a prophet. What I can tell you is that there are real chances, real opportunities open for us. This is a process which in system science is called a bifurcation, a, a, a bifurcation on the trajectory, a dividing, a forking of the way of the evolution of a system. We, there's a forking in the way of the way humanity operates and, and lives and develops on this planet. Now, this forking is not predetermined. It's not even determined exactly by everything we do. There's an element of chance in it, yes, but to a very large extent, perhaps a decisive extent, 
we can also influence what comes to, to the fore, what happens in this bifurcation. Does it degenerate the system? Does it create untenable conditions? Trying to go back to the old crisis proverb, for example. Or do we consciously strive for a more harmonious, more consistent, what I would call a more coherent world? And that is a possibility, because everything we have said now and everything I'm trying to write is to say that, yes, our consciousness, our will influences who we are, and we influence how the world is. So there is a real chance, a golden opportunity in front of us. Okay, last question, I promise. What would be, you've, you've seen it all. You've been around for a long time. You're an amazing human being, and you're a gift to humanity. What would be your one bit of advice to our listeners out there, to people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, it doesn't matter, just other human beings? What would you tell them? Remember and realize that this is a fantastic and miraculous world. I mean, the universe of which you are a part. And life, it is not a mechanism. It's not something passive. It's a self-evolving, coherently oriented world. Uh, Einstein said it's the greatest miracle of the world. It's it's a miraculous world and how coherent it is. He said there are two ways to live your life, either as as if everything is a miracle or as if nothing is. (laughs) Our our life, you know, as as if nothing was a miracle. We are trying to explain everything and control everything. But there is a miracle simply that this universe is a non-random oriented universe, which has evolution, which evolves itself, and we are a part of it. Allow yourself to be a part of this. Become a conscious part of it. Allow your intuitions for wholeness, for wellness, for oneness come to the fore. A very good and clean expression of this, what young people today call the unconditional love. Basically, uh, an appreciation for all things, not for what they can do for you, but because you feel yourself a part of it and you feel that wholeness, oneness is a desirable state. If you can feel that, act like that, then you'll be a positive force for yourself and for the world around you. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Laszlo, for being with me on Guys Guys Radio. You're truly an inspiration, and you've done so much good for the world. And please keep doing your work. We really need it now more than ever. Thank you, Robert. It's a great pleasure to talk with you and to have you broadcast this message around, which is so important. We recognize who we are. We can shift the world for the better. I agree. Thank you, sir. It's Guy's Guy Radio. Okay, wow, what a discussion with Dr. Irvin Laszlo. I got to tell you, I'm uplifted, I'm drained, I'm sweaty, (laughs) because I just had a 35-minute conversation with one of the smartest individuals in the world and well-deserving of all the allocates he's gotten uh, just amazing, you know, as a nine-year-old, he was playing uh, in concerts in Budapest in front of classical music, in front of people. He wasn't even trained in music. And then when he uh, left Hungary 
and traveled around the world playing his music, he started feeling that he needed to write some things down, some theses on different areas of uh, the world we live in and how things all come together, the quantum field, the system that he he's identified for us. And so he just jotted down notes and uh, a publisher got hold of them and said, I'm going to publish this and became a book. And from there, he's written over 100 books. He's worked with the UN. He's worked with folks all over the world to make uh, the human condition as good as it can possibly be to make the world a better place. The man is a real hero. He's full of peace. He's full of love. He's full of consciousness. And he's managed to uh, pull in this information from what he calls that Akashic field that uh, kind of surrounds the earth. And I was doing my best to try to get out of him. How can individuals tap into that? And I guess the, the short form answer for that is you have to go inside. You go inside and you trust yourself. You work with your consciousness and you work with spirit, however you may define that, that you can, you can get a flow. I mean, you, you listen to, you know, you listen to great artists or uh, whether it's a painting, uh, listen to musical acts, uh, listen to somebody like, uh, whether you like them or not, Elvis Presley. Uh, it's just, it's almost like the music's channeled. The Beatles, so tight, some of their, their recordings. It's like, how did they do this? Every, every cut on every album is, is good. Um, even like listening to Michael Jackson sing and dance, like, wow, whatever you think of Michael Jackson for all his, uh, his foibles, just the performance itself, Frank Sinatra, uh, you know, Rembrandt, Picasso, how did they tap into the universal consciousness to come up with this stuff? How do, you, how do you do that? And the fact of the matter is anybody can do it. It's just a matter of quieting yourself and listening inside and, and using your skill set. Listen, not everybody is meant to be a world-class artist or musician or writer, but people can be the best individual that they can be, the best version of themselves. And if I think we work with our consciousness a little bit more and look inside for answers instead of externally for what's being tossed about or yacked about out there in the media, we'll be a lot better off. And the world needs to change. As I read this book, Global Shift Now, and it really talks about what's going on now. And the fact of the matter is the system we have in place is not functioning the way long term for success. There is a finite amount of resources on the planet. It's being used up and the way the system is working in terms of capitalism, and listen, hey, I'm a capitalist. I made money in business. I have no problem with money. But what's happening is there's a very few people are getting more and more of that pie, and that creates more and more people at the bottom end. So you see this bifurcation of very few people have more and more of the uh, the gains, the, the monetary gains, and more and more people are poor. And that, if you play that out, you know, if you played that out, you could eventually say, wow, at some point, Amazon's going to own everything. You know, you have, to, you have to look at things and say, okay, how does this play out? Just go out 10 more years. What's going to happen? How many billions are necessary for some people? But that's our system. So I think through consciousness and through different cultures and countries, uh, recognizing the fact that we've got one planet with a finite amount of resources. We've got to work together. 
whatever your feelings are about climate change or whatever, what caused it, the fact of the matter is, this is, you can't argue this, there's only so many resources we have on the planet, and we're blowing through them pretty quickly. So we have to be smart about things. Guys Guys Radio, we're here every Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Pacific Time on KCAA here in Southern California. The show rebroadcasts every Sunday at 6 p.m. Pacific Time. The podcast drops worldwide every Thursday, as well as my YouTube version of the show, which drops on Thursday uh, under YouTube, Robert Manny, uh, and we call it Guys Guys TV. Um, my website is robertmanni.com. We've got over 350 blog posts about everything about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. We've covered so much ground. We've upgraded the website and the experience there. There's lots of videos and information there, and you can download three free chapters of my novel, which is the source material for everything Guy's Guy. Um, it's called The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. It's a romantic comedy. It's been called The Male Sex in the City. It's about two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money in the city where they play for keeps. It's about strong women and flawed men and all the stuff that happens between them and about friendship and redemption and it's a fun book, and it's got, it's got a spine to it. It's got a soul to it, so I hope you'll check it out. You can also follow me on social media. I'm all over Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and, again, YouTube. If you want to support the show, there's a couple of ways to do it. The easiest is to go on Apple Podcasts and rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. And just be with us every Wednesday if you're here in Southern California. If not, you can download our 400 and just about 28, I think it is now, 428 shows. They're all for free. You Download them whenever you want all over the Internet. So thank you so much for your support. Um, looking forward to a lot more shows, a lot more guests. And I hope you're, uh, I hope you're ready for this fall season now because it's going to be, as I mentioned, a kooky one. But I think... I think we'll get through it, and I think we'll get through it in, uh, in good shape by the end of the year. That's my own personal feeling. I just feel that things, uh, you know, there's a lot of drum beating about things going on, but I think, I think people will come to their senses. Fingers crossed on that, of course. But it's up to each and every one of us to do the right thing and to think about peace and kindness and respect for each other and, and that we're all here in America. It's all one country and let's let's get together people all right so anyhow guys guys radio thanks for being here i look forward to next week's show and until then like i always like to say guys guys finish first <laughs>